Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of news that we need to catch up on, but if we've got a little this and that that we need to discuss, uh, sounds like things are going very well for the uh, 2024 draft of uh, NFL Knowles. Uh, I know Mr. Jones out at the East-West game and Renardo continue to be very impressive. Fabian, tons of positive reports on him. Uh, great to see the the movement that Jordan Travis is is making. Uh, if you've seen some of those clips that have come from his Instagram, so no, I think I think Green Jones and uh, and Fabian are all really setting themselves up to to be drafted well. And uh, just personally, Jarian Jones is the <laughs> is the kid that I will forever remind myself of as to the progress that kids have the ability to make personal maturation everything there uh really proud of him kids gonna get drafted and uh set himself up very nicely for the rest of his life and my man all those guys really put in the work uh so great to see them getting recognized and excited to talk more about this as april comes we should give it an annual jerry and jones don't give up award Mm -hmm. Not an annual, because there's not always a guy like this. Whenever it occurs, maybe it's every three years or something like that. But the, a guy who, I mean, to go from one of the defensive backs that ACC receivers most wanted to face three years ago to a defensive back that was locked down this year, mm -hmm. it's freaking awesome. So that was uh, that was pretty cool, man. Um, I, but Graham, I I was told that. Uh, Players opting out of the bowl game was indicative of terrible culture. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> terrible. I, I can't yeah. see any of these players being drafted. Almost like a kid knew that this is his chance and uh, wanted to go make the most of it and excited for all those guys. So we'll continue to uh, to monitor their progress. We'll thank our friends, uh, the legendary team. Uh, Chad has been brilliant to work with for you and more than 500 of our listeners. So 844-FSU-LOAN. Want to thank them off the uh, top. I believe this is something that Chad has always enjoyed and kept an eye on. So today will be the snap count review. We'll go back and look at it, uh, what we can take from what transpired, where you got lucky, where you an educated guest turned positive or whatever else. Um, I know a lot of y'all have been asking about this one. So with the absence of otherwise significant information, other than a little draft prep and other than a little bit of a facility uh, upgrade that's going on about a thousand yards to my right, uh, there's not a whole lot of news out there right now. So this will be the snap count draft. Thanks to the legendary team for making it possible. And uh, Bud will jump into it here. Yes, sir. So uh, look at that, putting it on the screen. And I, I've uh, I've color coded the players who most uh, uh, exceeded or you know, maybe didn't uh, quite hit the the numbers that we had uh, projected for them, probably our fault, not necessarily theirs, especially the ones in red oftentimes were, uh, were almost exclusively due uh, to injury. So uh, yeah, man, this is a fun exercise we do every year. It's just something, I think it's kind of unique, right? And we, we, we each get a certain allotment of snaps uh, that are projected. Uh, I will say the bowl game, it, it did not decide the result, which I'll get to in a second, but it did kind of, it. It made a little bit wonky at the end there because you got, you know, about 70 extra snaps for certain guys. It's like, okay, like this guy wouldn't have otherwise played, but certainly not enough to swing the result. Uh, you got me, man. You mm. you got me. 62-53 uh, 
for you on offense. Me, 33-34. So not, not a good showing for me on the offensive side. We'll get to that. Defensively, I got you uh, 57.05 to 45.94. But net-net, uh, you got me by about 1,500. So uh, that is a uh, that's a whooping. Nice, yeah. Nicely done. Awesome. Great. I believe we've just ping-ponged this back and forth uh, and happy to have not uh, broken serve. And, um, yeah, we always give each other a, a signed charity, and it's not as though we haven't talked about this for a month, so I should have one on the top of my head, but I will follow up with you in the near future, bud, as to where that uh, charitable gift can be made. And, uh, yeah, why don't we just go through this, look at some of the ones that really jump out. Well done on the color coding. That really does uh, – give you an idea as to where some of these, uh, you know, either big losses or or misses transpired. And then you can look at them and go, huh, I wonder why that was or whatever else. But um, Keandre Jones, that one jumps out up to Ooh, me. Yeah, that, that, that one played is, out. That is green, green. Uh, so let's go back and just sort of remember what our thoughts were on Keandre preseason. Because he came in, was he in for spring? I'm trying to think. Was, I believe he. I, I believe I saw him in spring and uh, thought, feet not the fastest, but if he gets a hold of you, uh, you're in trouble. And ultimately played a played the number of snaps this year that I thought maybe he would potentially be in line for next year. Uh, but I mean, he went off the board at forty, ended up playing four hundred and four four hundred and fifty one snaps. A uh, guy that by the end of the year was a starter for all intents and purposes and, you know, very much worked his way into a rotation that featured him prominently and a guy that I know they're uh, excited about next year as well. Yeah, man. As he continues to get in better shape, it's just it, – it's – nobody's going to be going to be you know unhappy about having a guy – is he a sixth year? I'm trying to think. Keandre – no, I think he's a fifth year, isn't he? Googling this here. Let I think me... he's fifth, but I don't I don't know that with certainty. Right, because he would have had to have played in played in 2020. There are not a lot of guys left who actually have uh sixth years in college football. This is one of the last years you can actually actually have that. But yeah, I mean, look, playing 411 snaps is uh sort of a byproduct of a couple things. One, he got in a little bit better shape as the year went on. And we do this right before the season starts. So like we've had to opportunity to actually see some fall camp, you know, and, and make somewhat informed decisions here. And yet it still probably goes to show how, how hard it is to just perfectly project this kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a, a funny shaped ball and it, it's a funny shaped sport. So 411 snap net for you there is, is huge. He got better. The other issue was, um, you know, if you look at, at, at the other guys on the offensive side, you know, Rob Scott really struggled to stay healthy this year, unfortunately. Uh, you, you'd love to see him have a year at full health. But with with Rob, you know, only playing 191 snaps, you had to you had to kick Washington out the tackle at times. And then Bless got dinged up, right? So, you know, having to play Washington at tackle more means that you're having to play somebody else at guard, right? Uh, and Roddick at times needed a blow and sometimes just needed a, a mental reset on the sideline. And that was something that Keandre was able to give him and Meech at the same time. Right. So you think, okay, you got a starting five. It, very few teams roll through the season 
<clears throat> just playing five offensive linemen. FSU played about, what, eight over the course of the season? Like eight, eight, eight guys got significant snaps on the offensive line, and you needed them all to have a 13-0, well, I guess 13-1, but whatever, like a 13-0 season. And that was pretty special. So um, great pick by either, by far, uh, the greatest value pick of the entire uh, entire snap count draft. Um, all right, so my top value, actually, was Casey Roddick. Mm. And I, I went 440 on him, which is a, a pretty good number. And he ended up playing uh, 697 snaps. So that is a ton. Uh, you know, played at, at a, an okay level. Probably not every type of, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not to the maximum like percentile projection that you would have hoped, but still uh, at an adequate level. Certainly the team went, <laughs> you know, did go 13 0. So uh, you got out of him, maybe not everything you had hoped, but certainly. If you if I told you in the preseason, hey, he's going to play 697 snaps, you you, you take that, absolutely. So yeah, these his number a little larger than what I would have expected. Just looking at this, you know, looking at the and we'll we'll go through these, but you know, Mo Smith 730 snaps, Meach 617, um, Darius 519, Byers, this is the one. 809 snaps from buyers last year. So um, I took him at 610 and still got a positive 199 out of it. Just yeah. a, an idea as to the the pieces that were rotated and the pieces that weren't. Uh, and credit to Jeremiah there for, for just availability and making it through all that and uh, know that excited to see what that looks like in year two. 100%. Um, all right, so who else here stands out on a, a positive note that, that allowed you to win this thing? I mean, Mo Smith, we're just talking about the number of snaps offensive linemen. For Mo Smith to give you 730 snaps and felt like he battled through probably 724 of them. Uh, just, you know, credit to you, Mo. And then uh, one where I got a nice little bump. Uh, well, I mean, the Brooklyn, that was that was fortunate. That was My number was 40. And, you know, absent a bowl game, that's probably a pretty good number. Um, yeah. Is it Keon? Yeah. So, Holman spent 510 snaps on for a wide receiver, which is significant. Dude ended up playing 672. I mean, that's a yeah. – obviously, nobody expected three touchdowns in the LSU game, but that's a, a kid being an even bigger part of the offense than – I would have thought coming in, and trust me, I had seen – I was not – Keon didn't catch me by surprise. Uh, I'll put it that way. But, you know, again, credit to a kid putting up – putting going through, putting up with injuries, overcoming uh, some nagging things to turn in that many snaps. He really kind of was doing the NFL thing in the second half of the season where you – you know, either you don't practice or you practice kind of on a limited basis because you're, you're dinged up. And then with the exception of the pit game, uh, was was ready to go, uh, and we, we see it a lot from NFL guys, right? It's like questionable all week on on the report, and then oh yeah, he's playing again. Like Gr Gronkowski for in New England for like almost two years, I was like yeah, practicing no, well he got it out, yeah. So that was that was awesome to see. I, I would argue that 730 snaps for Mo Smith in the uh, condition that he was in was certainly was a great number for for you and a 
absolute testament to how tough Mo is. I don't think 730 snaps with his physical condition was an optimal level. And it's probably a commentary on uh, the lack of a backup center who they could really trust. Uh, because I think you'd probably sit him down a little bit more in some of these games to allow him to have more of a rest. Or if, if down the stretch, you know, when he's really hurting, you know, if you had somebody else you really trusted there at center, which I'm sure will be a goal this, this offseason as well for Alex Atkins to develop somebody else who can snap and, and can be trusted to snap and block it up. Uh, especially because Darius kind of can do it, but also you needed him to tackle <laughs> as well. So that was that was kind of a problem there at times. Uh, but man, seven when you take a look at that, 730 for a guy who was as banged up as he was is that's a tough dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I when I see people who are like, oh, Mo Smith's getting pushed back. Yeah, man. Well, guess what? Like, if they had somebody else who was a lot better, they'd play him. Yeah. You know, and he's dinged up more than I think some folks know, and he's gutted it out. So credit the most. Here's an interesting position to look at, bud. All right. So Kyle Morlock, you took 350. He ended up playing 551. Jaheim Bell, you took 300. He ended up playing 451. And I took Preston Daniel with 20, ended up playing 89. Uh, so all three of your tight ends clear their expected number by a significant amount. Um, just telling uh, as to what they had to do with some of the stuff at wide receiver and also, yeah. you know, what they want to do with that position in the offense in general. Uh, but, yeah, certainly some of that was, uh, you know, made all the more evident by the end of the season stretch the wideouts went through and lack of availability. And, and Biscuit, I took him for 240. He went 210. Okay. I, I mean, so, yeah, they they lived in double tight sets this year. Just completely lived. I actually think I have some stats on that. FSU played uh, – where's their formation stuff? Off, formation summary. Yeah, I actually have this, I think. They played – Pull it up here. This is great podcasting. We just fantastic. Great podcasting. This is this this does take a little bit to, to sort. Okay, so they played. Um, yeah, they played 328 snaps on the year in 12 personnel, and 23 snaps in 13. So, uh, you know, 350 plus snaps where they had at least two. Oh, and they played five snaps in uh, in 02, which is. Uh, Two tight ends empty, mm-hmm. uh, and they played five more snaps in uh, twenty-two personnel, and they played four more snaps in O four personnel, which is no backs, four tight ends, and a receiver. Which I'm guessing that's a misgrade by uh, by the service, but I'm going to look into because it's probably more like thirteen uh, with with a guy flexed out. Do you remember them running four tight end sets at any time? I don't recall that. I don't. Not Wildcat, right? Anyway, so I mean, 360 snaps. Let's call it out of out of formations that use at least two tight ends on the field, and that is uh, shoot. That's about that's about half your snaps, mm-hmm. honestly. So uh, pretty pretty interesting to look at there. They they were in 11, about 43 percent of the snaps. Now. I think some of that's probably also classifying Jaheim as a receiver at times uh, mm, with him being right. 
thing off, you know, aligned off the ball. So, like, were these tight ends that good, or was it more of a commentary on the lack of health of the receiver room? Um, you know, they, I think they did try to use Jaheim at times, and he got dinged up too, as like a Micah Pittman replacement, and did so effectively at times. You, you ran some of the end around stuff to him, uh, but it was an offense that operated at a heavy personnel and threw the ball outside the numbers mm-hmm. to receivers quite a bit. You didn't really have a slot who you loved. And part of that's probably because, I mean, Destin Hill's first year in college football, man. And you, I, that was probably your, yeah, that was your biggest quote unquote miss pick, but he got dinged, you know, like he was hurt for a lot of the year. And I, I do think had he been healthy the whole time, there is certainly a chance that he would have played a good bit more, and maybe he's a guy who you would have depended on more in the slot. Um, shoot, Kentron as well, right? I, I took Kentron for 320, and, yeah, you know, he, he played 240. 242. You got some nice snaps there at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I think also, um, and we'll think the good people at Congruity, Matt Lewis, uh, you know, if you spend a whole lot of time looking at spreadsheets like this, Matt Lewis may be somebody uh, in your life uh, that you could use, whether it be snap counts or whatever else. Uh, been a fantastic addition to the Nolcast uh, and many other businesses that I've been associated with over the past two years. Uh, congruityhr.com is the website. Matt Lewis is the guy. Uh, would encourage you to reach out to either him or myself if you'd like a third party introduction but a big thank you to matt and his team at congruity uh wanted to look at the running backs so to toa philly you know pops in the lighter shade of green uh i drafted at 290 he went through 361 uh benson credit to you here bud i think we also need to do a closest to the pin award or something like that um oh yeah we should you took benson at 420 he hit 413 um Rodney Hill, this this is the one that jumped out to me. And after spring, man, I would have been right there with you. Uh, just during spring, honestly, all it was not uncommon for Rodney Hill to look like the best running back on the team. Uh, he he was very very good. Now maybe there's some situational matchups that you know uh, made Rodney's skills and strengths jump out all the more as far as far as who he was going against. But even against top level competition, uh, I think the third play of a scrimmage that I went to was Rodney going 72 yards on the first team defense. Uh, there were moments there, long winded way of saying you drafted Rodney at 340, only at 231, or excuse me, only had 109 snaps for negative 231. I don't remember, you know, injury necessarily being a thing there. I'm sure like all running backs, he was beat up a little bit. What surprised me here too, CJ Campbell, I drafted at 40. He went for 43. Okay. Uh, but the guy who I really would have thought, you know, I might have gotten crazy good value with, uh, particularly how he emerged was, um, oh, damn, who's the other, who's the kid from Coco? Uh, uh, the Holmes. Because yeah. I Holmes, yeah. Do I not have him on this list? I just pulled him up a second ago. I, I had him at 130 and he played 90. And he only went 90. So, excuse me, I was looking on the wrong side of the sheet. Yeah, running backs. Maybe that's just you know our air for overemphasizing what we thought they would be in this offense. But you know, Benson almost to the number, Toa a little bit of a plus, and some of that's the end of the season 
way that he's featured as well. Um, but then big, big hole at Rodney and then not maybe, you know, cause I Holmes is running in as one of your, I don't know if he's running back one or whatever. That's what the coaches decide, but he's one of your prominent backs this year. Um, oh, after only taking 90 snaps. So interesting. It's also an interesting commentary on the lack of, of two back sets that FSU used this year. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, they, Tied to the tight end discussion we just had a second ago and some of those, um, you know, position groupings that you were talking about, absolutely. So they played 100 snaps of 21, which is – they don't really get in the eye formation a lot, but, it, like, 21 is your traditional two-back, one tight end stuff. They played five more snaps of two-back, two tight end, and they didn't play – I don't think they had any snaps of 23. So uh, they, had some, they had some empty uh, – no. So – I mean, like a hundred snaps, basically, of two running back offense is not much, and, and that's not a that's not a criticism. It, it's just it. But if you read into it, did we overestimate how good these backs are? I I don't know because, like, look, man, like you said, Rodney Hill in spring did look legit, and Holmes looked better than I thought he would look, and Benson is a guy who's going to get drafted pretty highly. So that is a I, I I don't I don't think that they were uh, they were poor uh, by any stretch, but um, I did see that Rodney Hill is back at FAMU, I believe now. So yeah. honestly, um, there's no prize picks available for 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 FAMU. I'd be hitting them oh, hard, hitting them very very hard. Yeah, uh, Rodney Hill is, on physical talent should be the best back on FAMU. I'm almost certain. Uh, and that that's a very very good uh, team for that level. But yeah, Rodney Hill will be one of the dominant players in that section of football next year. Uh, absolutely. So yeah. Um, so quarterback Jordan, uh, despite the injury, you, you still got a positive value there, six forty nine, and, and you went for five eighty. I think part of that was how many how many close games would you be in? Like how how much are you really trying to get the backups in and whatnot? Um, Okay, so guys who missed their numbers, I think there there are basically two categories here. So, Destin got hurt. That's the I think the number one reason for him missing. I mean, he he was just injured. Robert Scott clearly is an injury one. Daryl Jackson is a administrative, you know, not suspension, but just not not cleared by the NCAA. Farmer missed by seventy three, and I don't I don't think that's he still played 427, so maybe that's just – that might be the the, the drafter uh, just really I – know, I know you love some Josh Farmer. So, um, I mean, that, that guy is – he's a good player. Uh, 500. He thinks the emergence of Braden Fist, too. I don't I – don't, Yes, that's know. a good point. Yeah, I mean, I went 460 on Fisk. He played 444, obviously skipped the bowl game. True. But, um, no, I, I – so D tackle is a spot to, to look at here because we definitely have some interesting numbers. And I think you're hovering over there, Briggs. Uh, Briggs and Fabian were the first two that I went to look at. Yeah, Briggs, uh, um, unfortunately, I saw the tweet you made a couple weeks ago about uh, it's preposterous that we flag for targeting, but not for, you know, uh, blocks that perhaps intentionally injure players and offset uh, – what otherwise is a pretty promising career path and 
Briggs is at Illinois now, so certainly wish him the best of luck there. Uh, great chance for him to, I guess, be featured more prominently. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a toughie. You took him at four hundred. He turned in one hundred and ninety four snaps. That's a that's a negative two hundred six on that one, and that's tough. Yeah, and that, that I mean, just he was a really highly rated guy. He was a, a really promising young player and just never was able to get back to that level of of twitch that he had at, after that bullshit block from Louisville, mm-hmm. right? So that sucks uh, a lot. We already mm-hmm. talked about Rodney Hill. Winston Wright, kind of the same thing, not able to fully bounce back from injury and, and wasn't uh, it wasn't in love with the role he had. But again, it, if if Winston Wright had the health and level of, of – uh, of ability that he showed at West Virginia before the car crash again, which he was not at fault for. Uh, he probably plays more. You probably have your slot there, uh, but just wasn't wasn't able to fully bounce back. I don't know. Did he did he end up somewhere? He's at East Carolina, I believe. Is that okay. right? They need all the offensive help in the world, so uh, I think he could play there for sure. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Edmond, I did see that uh, Shane Beamer had projected him as a starter. Yeah. So next time you're busy, man, and you're on the road or I'm on the road, let's get Shane Beamer to be the guest host on the note. If he, that's news to me that Edmund is going to start. Uh, I was, not, happy. Uh, was not aware of that. Yeah, that was, that was funny. That was but he funny. is good at work in the media for sure. So I I, I grabbed him for 450. I, I was thinking maybe they'd get some progression out of him because he, he did show some good snaps for South Carolina at times. Uh, but uh, the consistency was Lacking, I guess we can say. That was a non-injury one. I missed by 128 there, so accountability is on me. I, I thought Lyons would play more than, than he did, uh, 280, and he played 144. That That's a guy I could see playing some more this year, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Edwin Joseph was uh, – that was injury. Yeah. Injury early, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I had him for 280. They were really high on him, and I think probably remain high on him. And, uh, you know, only played 45 due to injury. So I would say for the most part, when we missed, certainly I think all of your of your significant misses were, were injury. All but one or two. No, I, I think I was too high on Nicholson for, for a freshman linebacker. I, I thought he would play more. Uh, I, I took him for 240. He played 101. Uh, so it's certainly still a guy I think you got to be high on long term, uh, but didn't end up playing 240. Graham is the other one. It's probably the reason why Nicholson didn't get on the field because they end up playing Graham much more than, than either of us thought. I mean, he went for 40 to you and he played 268. Yeah. Which is pretty significant there. Uh, and then the top two linebackers, for the most part, stayed. Uh, Stayed healthy enough to stay on the field and play you know, play well. Uh, Deloach, positive value, five thirty, uh, plays five sixty three, and you had you had Bethune for yeah, close to the pin. By the way, close to the pin. I think yeah. you're going to win that one with you. You took him four ninety. He went four eighty nine. Yeah, that's uh, it. Doesn't suck, man. That one. That one was good. I'm looking for the uh, STA uh, kid. Did we not get him on here? Conrad Husty. Yeah. No, uh, I had him. I, I had him 140, and he played 213. Okay. Uh, so, this was a lot of fun. Uh, a, a lot of fun. The draft. Let me see. Bless Harris was a plus, plus value for him. I'm trying to think, guys, we didn't talk about yet. 
Pat Payton was one that uh, you got. Do we have a pay up award? Like a guy that you, you went really, really high on. And uh, Mo Smith is the pay up award. I mean, you go in 630 on Mo, mm-hmm. him, him, you know, going 730 is, uh, and buyers as well. So you, your premium picks really hit. And that was, that was important there. This year's going to be tougher, I feel like, because there are more guys with opportunity, but fewer guys who are are like proven studs, you know? Right. Um, also, I have a prediction. With you talking about Malik, I think he's going to improve on his 0.84 yards per route run. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, granted, he's got to come and prove it, but... I do think Bama has some quarterback issues, honestly. And and the fact that they're as loaded as they are and we're able to you know, take Michigan to overtime is kind of impressive with, with Milrow uh, to me. Two yards per route run is considered like decent to good. 0.84 is like, what the hell? So mm-hmm. at a certain point, I can't put that all on the kid. Like there's got to be some kind of other – problems maybe if the snaps are consistently just wild or the quarterback can't stand in the right location or uh, whatever uh perhaps maybe can't get to his third read in time um but all right preseason way preseason we're, we're still in january what did look at here if i tell you today little little buy or sell here Here's this. Okay. 2022. If I told you that Malik would give you 252 routes run at a PFF grade of 72, which is what Pokey Wilson did for you in 2022. You you like, are you playing deal or no deal? Like, like you just, you, you, you taking the case and walking away? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of possible. Like, yeah, it's early. We'll see. Uh, label me excited about what Benson uh, has the ability to bring to the offense. Uh, I think he'll be featured in a very positive light. So we'll see. I've been playing yeah. this game. Uh, like secret information just based off the of kid's skills and yeah. Role he has the ability to play, and, and you know the role that he didn't have the ability to play in in his most recent offense. Uh, I think you got something in Benson. Did uh did Burrell land, land somewhere yet? Haven't seen him listed anywhere. Legitimately, one of the more highly thought of and respected kids on the team. Um, a, 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 you know, this sounds cliche or almost dismissive, but a, a bright future in whatever he. Decides to do hard worker, really highly thought of by his peers. He I'll also got hurt too a couple of times. Yeah, he? he got hurt. Yeah. He had a, the, uh, they thought he had, I don't know, multiple high thigh injuries, if I recall correctly. But yeah, I'm sort of, I do not think the receiving core will be as good as this year's in terms of your two outside guys. That's probably not a hot take. You've got a very high chance of having two dudes drafted in the top 100. And, you know, maybe a first rounder. And I've seen some mock drafts where Johnny sneaks into the late second, uh, which would be freaking incredible for him. <clears throat> but if you kind of painted this like a like a need one scenario, 
right? I need one of Malik and Brown to step up mm-hmm. and be a, be a real speed guy. Okay, I need one of the young guys, Hakeem or you know Dre or whomever it is, to step up, and I need one of the veterans, KP or or, or Darion, to step up. Individually, none of those scenarios seem impossible to me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think they probably seem likely. Nor- Norbell has a hell of a record of developing receivers, honestly. Go go back and look almost everywhere he's been. He played receiver. I think he puts a, a lot of focus and effort into that position. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of buying in, man. You know, this is this is this is encouraging. Um say other positions we didn't oh we don't do special teams on here typically uh, any other position oh cypress was another one that you paid up for and he really really hit yeah cypress will be in cypress az or a little there'll be some of the more interesting picks next year because those are guys uh kind of the defensive defensive equivalent of guards and tackles on the offensive line if you if you feel comfortable, that's the place to put a lot of your uh, proverbial chips and have faith that absent injury, you're not just going to get totally burned on. I want to review uh, Shane Brown. So he went for 520, which is a a good number, and he you know, stayed healthy and played a ton. At the same time, I think he didn't go for like 550. Because they were still riding him pretty hard last year. Like you could tell Fuller and those guys were really, really because they knew more was there and they knew he has real potential mm. you know, to be a star and ended up playing, I think playing fairly well for you this year. Ultimately, it, it played 742 snaps, so almost never came off the field. Reliable tackler, guy got better in coverage, I think, at times this year. That I like what they're doing in the secondary. I mean, Cypress. DB play is very, very, is very, it shouldn't say very variable. That sounds, that's bad, but quite variable year to year. But it wasn't like Cypress sucked. He was still a good player. He wasn't, he didn't have the, the, the stats this year that he had at UVA. And I don't think that's necessarily like a, oh, he's not a good player anymore. It, it's just DB play can be a little more up and down, right? All of a sudden, oh, one year Jalen Ramsey sucks and next year he's awesome again. Like, did he really suck? Or it's just it's kind of random events happening, you know, type thing. Uh, by the way, I saw I saw Jalen this weekend. Did you? I did. Yeah. So I'll also say not that I you know break down every piece of film or talk to people about it, but just from speaking with people in the program, a lot of the plays that immediately come to mind in people's mind as to things that they hold against Cyprus uh, were not his responsibility. He just you know. Looks like it because he's a fast, athletic kid who chases a guy down the field forty yards and ends up making a tackle or something like that. So, um, yeah, another year with Fintrell, uh, really solid uh, player. You got a pretty good idea as to what you're going to get from him. Um, I look forward to seeing what that number looks like next year because you know, I think some of these more established defensive backs, you could probably flirt with a number that starts with five and not be you know wildly off base. So. I agree with that, and yet there's still these young guys who I know mm-hmm. the staff is pretty high on is going to push, yeah. and that's uh, it, it's it can't be it, it not that they would, but it, it 
just definitely cannot be an off season of, of resting on the laurels there because wow. some of these young guys will push and I, I think will will make will potentially make a move or, or uh, you know, maybe more of a rotating base. I think you have more now now that they are sophomores. I think you have more young guys you trust. Um, by the way, did you know that uh, Clemson's true freshman played more snaps than Miami's? I did not know that. I feel like I see a different article and graphic about Miami true freshman playing time every single year, but um, yeah, that is that's a fact. I did not know that. That's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, did we? Oh, when we did the schedule release, did we do? We did the likelihood that you have two like national primetime games due to the other games happening. I think we talked about that some. Yeah, that maybe the ACC was deliberate in some of their scheduling. Did you see the uh, the comments out of North Carolina? We should probably table that for the next episode. The comments out of North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I do. I did see that, and that was very interesting and something that we should probably probably save for next time. One time that I, one thing that I never save is an opportunity to go see my friends at Madison Social or any of the four of the table restaurant groups. They've got the uh, new entity up and running uh, here, here in advertisements. For around town, bud, uh, sounds a great place, and I'm very excited. And I'm just freestyling here, Matt, so forgive me. Social Kitchen is the name of the place, and bud, as someone who is uh, fond of searing a piece of meat or two, I believe they're the only place in Tallahassee that is going to offer, like, meats from Snake River Farms and places Ooh. like that. So you can... Uh, you can go and spend you a little money on price per pound over there and have uh, all sorts of fantastic meat that you otherwise are served in, you know, some of the better restaurants in, in Dallas, New Orleans, Atlanta, et cetera. Uh, so purveyor of, uh, of exceptional meats doesn't surprise me that anything that Matt Lewis or Matt uh, Thompson rather and his team are putting their name behind is at a very high level, but just another thing to keep in mind as you pop about Tallahassee, uh, Social Kitchen now opened up uh, up there in the Northampton Shopping Center. Um, oh. So that is go. that is extremely useful. I, I uh, have you been grilling much lately? I haven't. I've, I've had the cover on my grill for like six or seven months now. I need to need to what get out there or something. Get it going. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I haven't had quite as much time to just tend to a fire for forty five minutes. Uh, but uh, look forward to doing it. Sermon. I'm uh, we, we got to get the Nolcast Instagram fired back up. Uh, maybe a little. Uh, I thought about doing some instructional videos on uh, like Tom Amansky. Like, this is the instructional video that gets the results in terms of of grilling and uh, and, and smoking. I uh, I did make a um, so I put on the Instacart that I wanted uh, uh, fillet tails to make medallions and they were out, so mm -hmm. uh, they they. Uh, the Instacart girl substituted the tomahawk. I was like, "Hey, you go. that's a good. I'm, I'm going to accept the substitution. Yes, this will work." And uh, it was, uh, it was good to go, man. Uh, so that was that was solid. Last night had had the boys out there helping me, which is not super helpful. Um, one through a uh, like a heavily painted wooden toast piece from his toy kitchen mm. on onto the other side of the blackstone. So that was. Yeah, I, that is I had, help. I had to devote some extra time to cleaning last night. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of help, definitely. Yeah, yeah, this is not really what I'm looking for. So we're, we're not using that zone. Um, 
to cook with the paint. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. All right, is there anybody we missed on this that we're going to kick ourselves as soon as we hit in recording? We only had Dent for 340. He played 446. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. You know, the AZ number surprises me. Guy who really didn't start until final game, just to give me an idea as to how many snaps. 493, drafted at 350, ended up playing 493. That's a kid that I would put a five on next year, absent uh, – you know, other significant roster developments that we're not aware of. Um, and yeah, I mean, to your point, the, you know, the Edwin Josephs, the um, kid out of Jacksonville, uh, whose name I'm, I'm blanking on right now. Um, Kirkland. Kirkland, who looks like he's grown an inch since the last time I've seen him continue to physically develop. Um, and then all the true freshmen in that room this year going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. So a lot of a lot of efforting for snaps uh, to be had by very you know talented younger defensive backs. Uh, speaking of Jacksonville, I, I saw uh, well Norvell was in Alabama last night with Pooches uh, visiting prospects, and I believe Fuller uh, was going to uh, Jacksonville. Yes, was is today Tuesday? Yeah, I think he's. I think he was going to Jacksonville uh, today. So a l- lot of good defensive back prospects in Jacksonville that I'm sure uh, he will. Uh, he'll be checking out over there. Name we didn't mention. We probably should because this is an injury one, and he didn't miss this thing by much. And I think your number would be heavily green had he not been injured because he was coming on, and they were starting to play him in meaningful, relied upon spots on national TV, and that's that's Hakeem. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Took him 130, played 94. I don't know, am I reading too much into the fact they put him in there in the game against Duke on like a critical third down and, and trusted him to? It wasn't some gimmick. It wasn't some like, hey, here's a screen we're designing for you because your speed. Like they, they're like, hey, get in there, run a real route, get open, catch the ball. Yeah. Like, no, the the Duke game did look like a, a guy that was right on the edge of, of really starting to break out. Suffers a what a high ankle injury either. Is that Monday following that game or the Sunday following that game or something? And yeah. it takes him a while to get back to back to speed. Oh, uh, Malcolm Ray is the other one you you had a nice uh, a nice hit on. 170 played 274. Mm. Yeah. No, that is uh, Malcolm emerged uh, in a in a very positive manner this year. Another kid who's landed uh, elsewhere. Malcolm, I saw where he went to Rutgers and Malcolm, super nice kid, very respectful. Certainly wish him the best, like, liked Malcolm. Yeah. So that's, I know it's, it's, it's somewhat of a loss, like not a major impact player, but a, a useful guy, a guy I think probably good for culture and whatnot, but that's sort of what kind of your pie in the sky. Like what's the portal for? Mm-hmm. He's got what one year left to play, yeah. maybe two. Think he's got one. Play. Yeah, go go do it. Be featured playing the Big Ten. Uh, not, not anything you can hold against the guy. Yeah, I I know Joe the uh, DC at Rutgers pretty well, and I, I they're I think they're pretty excited to have him. So that that's and they're also very excited. He didn't tell me this, but they're very excited to not have to play Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan every single year. <laughs> get get some of that get some of that Big Ten West on the schedule. You know, a little little Minnesota every now and then doesn't hurt. A little, yeah, little Western. Funny. That's fine. Uh, so cool, man. I, I uh, congrats on uh, beating me down. That was a that was a hell of a beatdown, and uh, it might be the 
other than the first year we did this, that might be the largest uh, largest beatdown we've had. So pretty cool there. Uh, what's next? So we need to do a offensive transfers episode, which they have since added a player from Harvard. So I'm glad we actually waited on that. Not that I knew that was coming, but it, you know, it was a possibility, certainly. And we also have a mailbag episode from some of the Patreon. So okay. if you haven't uh, dropped your questions in there, make sure you all do that. I'll probably throw up a post if you want to respond to it, but a lot of y'all just DM us on there, and that's that's totally fine as well. And then what's uh, – we can do that. And then probably the next week we'll do like a – maybe I'll do like a little solo, uh, like reset the recruiting board. Here's kind of the pre preliminary thoughts, needs, guys we've seen around the uh, – you know, around the southeast that could make sense type thing. Um, you know, it should be – a. You just had a 10-win year and a 13-win year, so a good bit to sell on the recruiting trail. Uh, I think the end of April will be quite friendly to you in terms of the draft and be able to sell that. I'm sure the graphics guys are – because they have, have kind of had to sit it out for a couple of years. Not, not a lot of guys have been drafted uh, early on, but this is going to be a, a nice draft for them. And uh, You think they might feature development a little bit in some of these graphics? <laughs> Progression, maybe? I, I think you'll hear a little bit about that, too. Could be. I, um, is there a chance Bernardo gets a senior bowl invite based on how he's been practicing? Very possible, in my opinion. Yeah. It looks like he belongs, man. That he's looks... he's, uh, he's tough, tough kid. Wouldn't wouldn't put a whole lot against. No, sir. That's a different dude. He's uh, very focused. Very, very focused. That will be a focus, I think, of ours is figuring out who are your new leaders, especially on that mm -hmm. side of the ball, right? Because it, it when, when I think about, and they all do it in different ways, but a Bernardo and a Jerrion and Fisk and Verse and, and and both backers, right? That That is a lot of guys who had played a lot of ball who who kind of played with some purpose to them. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of skill coming back. I, I'm, I'm interested to see who steps up and fills that leadership void. Mm -hmm. it wasn't a, wasn't a question we really had about last year's team. It's a question I think we'll I, I expect it to be answered, but I, I'm curious as to who does the answering. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, I have to do my real job now that it is it is officially the morning time. So <laughs> I'm sure you got meetings today. I, I've got a couple of important ones. I do. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I'll enjoyed it as always. Um, shoot, I think that's pretty much it. All right, y'all, this has been the Snap Count Draft, something we do every year, something Bud came up with way back in the day. Love to do it. Gives us an idea as to, uh, you know, how the year played out, maybe a little bit of a broader idea as to how position groups are impacted by injuries elsewhere on the field, and uh, we'll do it again next year. But uh, with that, we'll wrap it up, and like Bud said, we'll be back in the next couple of days with a couple other content ideas that we have uh, ready to bring forward. See you, bud. All right, man.